Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Sunday. Officially, Baptism of the Lord Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Holy One, your light shines in the darkness. The bright star of your loving presence hovers over us, shines within us, and leads us steadfastly. We pause now to watch and listen, to take our direction by your star, that we may continue to follow faithfully, to seek you in this world and to give you our gifts. Speak your word, for we, we are listening. In the name of the Christ child, we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go towards the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the, Philip, then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked the eunuch, Do you understand what you are reading? The eunuch replied, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak. In starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to the eunuch the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Snatched him away. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said to Philip, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? I wonder, when was the last time you thought about your baptism, or baptism in general? Did you think about it this past week, this past month, this past year? Look, here is water, the eunuch said. 
What is to prevent me from being baptized? As I reflect on his words, I wonder what the eunuch was thinking. What did he desire for his life in this moment? What was he hoping would happen if he were baptized? What thirst took him to those waters? I wonder if there were parts of his life which needed to die so something new could arise. I wonder if there were parts of him desiring, waiting to come to life. More than that, I wonder, how would you answer those questions today? I don't remember my church baptism. I was an infant. I can, though, remember the many times I have been baptized throughout my life. I remember when my papa died. It was my first experience of profound loss and sorrow. It was a baptism of grief, as well as a baptism which taught me the fragility of life. I remember in middle school, while changing my clothes in the boys' locker room for PE, physical education, and gym, hearing the word faggot, and realizing it was being directed at me. Fear and shame enveloped me. However, in time, never wanting to feel such fear and shame again, this one moment began my baptism of self-acceptance and ownership of my truth. I remember standing in King Avenue United Methodist Church in 2005, preparing to preach my first sermon it was Palm Sunday, and I was a nervous wreck. John Keeney, the senior minister at the time, could see my nervousness. It was palpable. And he leaned over to me as I prepared to stand, and he said, everyone here loves you. <laughs> it was a baptism of communal love. Each time one of you stoners calls upon me to hold space for you to share your stories of sorrow or doubt or hope for your life, you baptize me in the waters of intimacy and trust. In last week on Sunday evening, as I was standing in my home office, dusting my Legos, it takes time. With my dogs surrounding me, I began reflecting on worship earlier in the day with you. And I thought, I have a beautiful life. And the waters of baptism washed over me again, immersing me in loving gratitude. Each memory, a baptism, each one an experience in which I open myself to life or life opened to me. And my spirit was deepened. I was 
awakened. My life was, in part, remade. Those baptisms were as real, holy, and life-giving to me as the day a Methodist minister touched my head in the name of God and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, baptism doesn't happen only in the church on Sundays. We've been taught and come to believe there is only one baptism in the church, and I believe this is correct, but I want to place emphasis on in the church. In the church, there is only one baptism. In life, though, we are baptized over and over and over again. Every time we come to those places in our life, those people and those relationships that open us to and invite us to become more fully ourselves, we are being baptized. Every time we experience something that cleanses our eyes and we see life more clearly, we are being baptized. Every time something happens in our heart and we love more deeply, we are being baptized. Every time we begin to live from a place of wisdom and gratitude, we are being baptized. The waters of baptism are everywhere. Our relationships, our parenting, our friendships are all baptismal waters. Our work and vocation are baptismal waters. Our passions, dreams, and creativity are baptismal waters. Our concerns for justice, mercy, and human dignity are baptismal waters. Our pain, brokenness, sorrows, and losses are baptismal waters. Consider the people, the relationships, the experiences in your own life. In what ways have you been baptized? What baptism is happening in your life today? Where is your life being cleansed, renewed, deepened? In what baptismal waters are you currently being immersed? Now here's the thing, baptismal waters are always paradoxical. In that, the water from which new life is birthed is the same water in which life dies. Understand, it's all grace, all gift. Within each of our lives, there are parts of us which need to die. It's not because we are bad and need to be punished, or because some part of ourselves is wrong and must be destroyed, but because we need to be transformed and resurrected. We need to be renewed and brought back to life, to know life differently. Plus, there are parts of us waiting to be born, 
seeds of possibility, hope, and new life deep within us, waiting to be watered and brought forth to fruition. And so I wonder for you today, what baptismal water is before you? What parts of your life need to be washed, renewed, healed, reborn? What is waiting to be brought forth to fruition? What parts of you need to die? What do you need to release so something new can arise? The memories, the baptisms I shared with you earlier could not have happened apart from other people. Each one in his or her own way brought me to the water's edge of new life because baptism does not happen in isolation. And so what if, with intentionality, we began to look at the people in our lives, our relationships, our experiences as baptismal waters. What will you do when you come to the next pool of baptismal water? What possibility may it hold for you? How might God be awakening in you, transforming in you, and deepening your life? What is to prevent you and me from being baptized over and over and over again? Nothing, not a thing. So look around you. There is water everywhere and new life awaits you. Thanks be to God, amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God to those to whom love is a stranger. They will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you, stoners. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you soon. Bye.